Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 3, Episode 8, The Widowmaker. The original air date for this episode was November 16th, 1987. It was directed by Michael Bahar, who's doing more and more lately. Yeah. And uh, like we said before, we'll go on to direct uh, Lost Treasure of Atlantis mm-hmm. TV movie. And uh, it was written by John Welpley, who uh, this is his first of four or five, I think five MacGyver yeah. episodes. Um, and he very recently uh, wrote the screenplay for direct-to-video release Tremors 5. Yeah. Which is a travesty. Oh, no. It's, it's awful. I have not seen you it. You haven't watched anything. I've only seen Tremors 1, 2, and 3. Let me give you a little taste, ready? <laughs> I've seen 1, 2, 3, and 4, and a good chunk of the TV show. And I guess Kevin Bacon's rebooting the TV show mm-hmm. and planning on starring in it, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Because um, we need more Valentine. But uh, the fifth movie obviously stars Michael Gross, because if you don't have Michael Gross, you don't have Tremors. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jamie Kennedy is the second lead. Okay. And it's really bad. <laughs> I had to turn it off after like 10 minutes. It's just... I'll, I'll give it another shot. And the other part of the reason I had to turn it off is because my two-year-old was there and she was a little bit scared of some graboids, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, just awful, what I saw. So, um... <clears throat> they had a good thing with the first one. Yeah, Such we, we had thing. met, uh... We had met, uh... The director of the first one, Ron... Uh, Underwood. Underwood. Um, at a screening at the New Beverly. They did a double feature of Tremors and... I want to say it was Tremors and American Werewolf in London okay. as a double feature, and uh, John Landis was there too. Oh wow! But um, but so Ron Underwood and Brent Maddock, who had written the first Tremors, was there. Uh, Brent Maddock and S. S. Wilson are uh, co-writers, um, who are their writing partners. They mm-hmm. wrote right, right, Short Circuit, I think, together, okay. and a couple other ones. And back and forth, S. S. Wilson and Brent Maddock have been directing the. Tremors sequels mm-hmm. until this one, which they had nothing to do with on the directing or writing side. So okay. Tremors 5 is the first one to not come from the original writers, which I think I felt immediately <laughs> before even looking it up. Um, but uh, So check that one out. It's yeah, streaming yeah. on Netflix <laughs> now. I'm pretty sure that's where it premiered. So um, <laughs> That's where it will die. That's where, that's where it will fade into obscurity until the new Tremors show comes out and people are like, oh, I'm going to watch this franchise. And then... Mm-hmm. They'll be like, everyone who made it as far as, I'm going to watch the one that takes place in the 1800s, but still somehow stars Michael Gross. <laughs> then they're going to be like, okay, Jamie Kennedy in the credits is enough for me to not watch the rest of yeah. this. So, but check it out. It's probably great at the end. The beginning is just a little rough. Um, CG Graboids too, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no practical effects. Which, when, because me and Jets actually got to sit down with Ron and Brent mm-hmm. at the screening and we got pictures with them and everything they're nice. really, they were really nice oh, guys wow. and jess actually met up with brent later for like lunch because she wanted to talk to him a little bit about short circuit because at the time they were thinking about rebooting it i think it got killed when wally came out mm. but um but they were just really nice guys and we were talking to them about how that's really like the last 100 percent practical horror movie like mon- big monster movie that yeah, we can yeah, remember yeah. like they just don't do that anymore um but you watch that first one and the graphics are so much better in that first movie than mm-hmm. they are in any of the sequel Tremors. Like, yeah. It's crazy. Like, that franchise looks like it was made in reverse because the first one looks the best and all of the sequels just look progressively less realistic. Yeah. But, um, 
But Back to Perfection was okay, the third one. I, I kind of like that, that they went back to the town and they got yeah. everybody to come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, they, you know, you have, like, Ariana Richards comes mm-hmm. back and... and uh, Who doesn't need to? Who, like, she didn't need to yeah, come back Yeah, she didn't need that. to. I just wanted to know if she'd beaten her pogo jumping score. <laughs> um, but anyway, I forget what this podcast is about. I think it's something about Yeah, it's, it's about graboids. <laughs> something about graboids. So why don't you give us a brief overview of these graboids? In this episode, uh, MacGyver is mountain climbing with a friend who tragically falls to her death and spends the episode kind of lamenting until Murdoch shows up to kill him. Oh no. <laughs> Murdoch's so, back. This episode's got so much. So this is our first official return of Murdoch, right? Uh, uh, oh, official. Cause we yeah. just had partners before this. Correct. Is, that was his premiere episode where they're indicating that this is their second encounter with him. Right, right, right. But this is the first time we're actually seeing him again since that. Yes. Which aside from, Nikolai Kossoff, this is the first repeat villain. Mm-hmm. When, and it's the first time that a villain comes back played by the same actor. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's so exciting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we, we start off, basically, they're already climbing the mountain. Right. It's, it's MacGyver and Mike, mm-hmm. Mike Forrester, who we had had previously in uh, Jack's first episode. Yeah, Jack of Lies. Um, yeah, and this she's played by a different actress here. Um. Uh, not not clear the reasoning for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, maybe availability yeah, issue yeah. or whatever. It's not even really clear why Mike, why it had to be Mike, except for I guess this would be more of a tragic loss. Yeah, they just wanted it to be to hit harder. But it kind of doesn't only because we haven't seen MacGyver spend time with Mike. Yeah, and probably at the time people didn't remember Mike. Yeah, is my guess. And so I mean, it should have been Nikki, to be honest. As creepy as that, that would have been real dark. Yeah, uh, like. That would have made the most sense. They just, sense. like, play, like, four episodes in a row of, like, here's this new character, here's this new character, yeah, here's yeah. this new character, falls off a cliff. Yeah, exactly. That would have been dark, yeah. But they um, didn't do, yeah, but, but they, brought back, they brought back Mike um, to, to kill her off, which is fine. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really, it's pretty, it's a pretty intense opening. Because they're climbing, MacGyver's having a lot of trouble, uh, and she's kind of coaching him through it. And Even though we have seen him as a semi-expert rock climber yeah, in the exactly. Eagles episode. Uh, yeah, he, he seemed to have no problems climbing that mountain face. Yeah. With, it was like a sheer cliff gear. face. Yeah. 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 He's using like tent stakes, but yeah. So mm-hmm. as, as far as we know, he's fairly capable at, at right. scaling walls and stuff. And, and here he seems to be having a really hard time. Maybe he's just distracted. Yeah. Um, so keeps, they get up, keeps thinking about Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> they get up to a ledge together and they kind of have like a, heart to heart where she opens up to him about her real feelings for MacGyver, which were already established also in Jack of lies because like Jack was always saying like, ah, she was too interested in you, but you were, you know, you never saw it. Yeah. Um, and now she's just blatantly saying, I want to be with you. Yeah. Um, she's asking him to take the leap mm-hmm. and he won't. <laughs> so she takes it by herself. Jeez. <laughs> We're making light of it because it's such a horrible it's not, thing. It's, I'm making it sound like it was a suicide, but it's really not a suicide. Yeah. She, she, basically is flirting hardcore with him. Yeah, wants him to make an official decision as to whether they are friends or in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And MacGyver is not interested. Yeah, and she's immediately sobbing, but trying to press on like nothing's right, right. going on because she just doesn't want, now it's a super awkward mm-hmm. like lunch on this cliff and now they're and they're stuck together for a while yeah it's not like she can just leave um 
Yeah, so she she climbs I up. I feel like she should have made this proposal when she was holding him on the end of a rope. Yeah. Like, when he had no choice. Like, so what do you say? You want to be my boyfriend? <laughs> my arms are getting tired. <laughs> oh, but, uh, oh, 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 oh. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm fine. But seriously, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. Better better say the right thing. Um, she climbs up to uh, a ledge to try to attach another uh, piton. Yeah. And uh, she... Loses she's, she's getting distracted. You can tell that she's distraught and mm-hmm. that they probably should have moved on so quickly. Yeah. But um, she just wants to get it over with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and in, she does. In her haste, <laughs> she gets it over with. Uh, she slips and yells, falling. Which, maybe which, I guess that's Yeah, it's probably like four, something you say. Yeah. When, but instead of a golf ball, it's like you. Yeah. <laughs> Timber, but it's you instead of a tree. Uh, so MacGyver grabs hold of the rope tighter and she swings down and hits the cliff face with her arm. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it, hit, it hits her arm so hard that it knocks her out. Yeah. Um, so she's she's dangling by the waist. And MacGyver's trying to to yell to her to, to get her to wake up. And we see the strap that's holding her up start to tear. Right. Just as she regains consciousness, which is the most horrifying part of all. Yeah. Because she's now... It would have been okay if she was unconscious. Would it have... I would have been better she with She would her. have survived if she were okay. No, she wouldn't have survived, but I would have felt better. I don't know, you had a pretty hard time with that guy getting thrown down an elevator shaft while he's unconscious. That's true. Dropping someone off a cliff base wouldn't be that much of an improvement. I know. But it's just because she, she had a moment to call his name. Yeah. And then snap. And you and it's a really amazing, because they really let her go like, yeah. from wherever this was being shot. Because you just yeah. see her go, f- her body flex yeah. once the, the weight's gone. And then they cut to the reverse angle and it's the dummy falling yeah, yeah. downward. Um, but falling pretty convincingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More convincingly than that elevator shaft. <laughs> yeah. And, and MacGyver is just, no, like freaking out on the yeah, club yeah. face. Um, it's like when his, his girlfriend exploded in the car or he thought she was exploding. Yeah, which was also very traumatic. Yeah. And so... We go there from that scene immediately to presumably days later mm-hmm. um, at the Phoenix Foundation where MacGyver is not. Right. Um, and uh, it's just Pete and Nikki talking about they don't know where MacGyver even is. He's a, he hasn't gone home. He hasn't made contact with them. Yeah. And Pete can only assume that he's still at his ca- Pete's cabin out on the lake. Right. Um, uh, but just real quick moving back to the actual what caused the accident. Mm-hmm. There's like minor equipment failure. Yeah. It just seems like this stuff should be weight tested for like – a, a significant more. Mm-hmm. Uh, more more weight than what she could possibly avoid here. Right. And it just reminded us of the clip in Cliffhanger or in... I like Specifically for me, like the most exaggerated form of that was at the beginning of Ace Ventura Pet Detective 2 <laughs> when you're literally seeing like the metal clip bending yeah. under the weight of like one like five-pound monkey. Was it a raccoon or a monkey? Oh, maybe it was a raccoon. But either way, it was just like... Yeah, it was a raccoon. But it's just like, it couldn't possibly have weighed that much, and it's like literally stripping yeah, the metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I kept thinking that the whole time this was going to end up like sabotaged climbing equipment. Right. Intending to kill MacGyver, and then it ended up killing her. And, and I thought that it was going to be more that she had made a mistake, like that she had tried to unclip herself to clip herself into a new but thing. But really, it was just a blatant blatant equipment failure that yeah. should never have happened. Like, they could sue North Face or whoever sold yeah, all yeah. this stuff. I'm assuming North Face because that sounds like mountainy. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like something they would make. Yeah, Columbia, Columbia, Parker's, yeah. Sue Columbia, the whole country. <laughs> Terrible ropes. Uh, 
so at the foundation, uh, they don't know where MacGyver is, and Pete can only assume that he's at it at Pete's cabin. We right. established yeah. that this is Pete's cabin, even though Pete hates the out of doors. Yeah, he hates the outdoors, and this isn't like a nice cabin. Yeah, this is like a shack. You can see yeah. out through the the slats of the walls. Yeah, this looks like where Harry would be living. Yeah, um, instead of the home that he's probably in. Yeah, the, the, at this point, the old folks' home. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's some sad news later for him too. Yeah. Uh, in show. <laughs> <laughs> so. Then all of a sudden we're back at the cabin where Pete approaches MacGyver in the darkness and MacGyver's just sitting outside tying knots. Um, and, uh, you know, Pete wants to talk to him, but MacGyver doesn't want to talk. Yeah. And so Pete tells him about the funeral for Mike, you know, that there was a lot of love there and people understood why, why MacGyver didn't go. Yeah. Cause I, apparently he didn't go. Yeah. He didn't go. And did they understand because they thought that he was responsible or, because it seems like nobody really knows what happened. Like, yeah. he didn't even explain away the situation. Yeah. Pete even says, I don't even know what happened. Like, yeah. at, when he's talking to Nikki. It, and it seems like he would have had to have gone to the police and been taken in and, like... like yeah. So, but it seems like when he says that the family understood why you weren't there, that he's trying to be supportive. Mm-hmm. But it also comes across as, like, yeah, I wouldn't want the person who was there when... My daughter was killed. Yeah. Either like, why would you come to her funeral? Please yeah, don't. Yeah, please, like, don't make the situation worse. Yeah, it would just be very uncomfortable for everyone. Um, but like, Pete, they're sympathizing with you in this very hard time. Yeah, like, exactly. No, no, not really. No, no, they hate you right now. It, it's it was a very awkward line. Yeah, and uh, it could be taken too many different ways. Um, Pete wants MacGyver to come back to work, but MacGyver he says no. I want to be left alone. Forever, basically. Yeah. I mean, don't, don't ever co- come here again yeah. to your cabin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I was Pete, I'd be like, okay, cool, dude. Um, But you can't stay here. <laughs> Squatter's rights, Pete. I've been here for two years. <laughs> I want to come here with my with my estranged son someday. Yeah. Who will never mention again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he comes back later, but it's a different actor. Uh, as always. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Pete leaves him. And uh, from there we go to someone breaking into MacGyver's houseboat. Yeah. Um, it, it's a it's kind of a neat little subtle thing too because like he breaks the the assailant breaks the window and then backs away from the house as if waiting for like signs of people stirring inside. Yeah. Like oh, I broke I just broke a window. Let's see if anyone responds to yeah, that yeah. before I come in. And so he comes in and uh, brandishes his butterfly knife like does the. You know, flipping around, making yeah. the sounds for the people who are listening. <laughs> right. Instead of describing. Uh, well, it's a it's an audio medium. What mm-hmm. we're doing here. Yeah, it makes the clickety clack butterfly knife thing. Yeah. Sound. You know those knives that you use to slice up butterflies? <laughs> He's flipping one around like crazy. Uh. And so, I mean, should we just say who it is? Is Murdoch? Yeah, we've it, we've said it's Murdoch already. Yeah, but um. Even for, like, the lack of an audience member, like, you would be able to tell right away that it was probably Murdoch. Yeah. Um, and uh, so he's looking around the house, and he plays the messages being left for MacGyver. First one is Popular Nikki. Popular guy. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of messages. Lots uh, of clues. The, the first one is Nikki, who's saying, like, oh, I guess you're still gone, and Murdoch's gone. Gone where? Um, and finds, like, information about the mountain climbing and the name of the store yeah. that's nearby. And then she says something like... Uh... 
something like, uh, oh, uh, well, I'll, I'll catch up with you later. And then he says something like, I never miss twice. Yeah. Even though this this will be his third attempt to kill me. Yeah, exactly. Um, At least third. Yeah. Because <laughs> in Partners, he might may have had, like, three attempts on his life. Because mm-hmm. they had... The, the bed bomb and the, right, right. the taxi yeah, exploding missed, and the truck yeah. exploding. He missed all those times. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, the next message is from Jack, um, which he doesn't, res- Murdoch doesn't respond to. Right. Um, but then the third message is Pete, and he goes, hey, Pete, how's Trex? How's Trex? Such a weird line. <laughs> and then he punches, and then he the punches picture. a picture of them, yeah. Um, that I assume they took in the last episode. Yeah. Because they're still dressed up in all the same fishing, fishing gear. Fishing gear, yeah. Um, and uh, so uh, Murdoch pretty much has knows where he's supposed to go, but before he leaves, he leaves a message on the wall. Blowtorches, uh, rest in peace, R.I.P. MacGyver, on a tombstone kind of shaped object. Right. And uh, takes... I like tombstone shaped object because it's really not a good tombstone if that's what it's supposed to be. Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's why I say it's yeah, shaped. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. What, yeah, cause I guess that's it, the best way to describe it. Is it's, that it's, like it's a badly drawn tombstone? <laughs> yeah, because it's not. It's not a hemisphere. I mean, um, you try drawing a tombstone with flames, but this is pretty bad. <laughs> I, I think if he could write out R.I.P. MacGyver so clearly, yeah. he could have done a better tombstone. Yeah, and put the date. Yeah, come on, buddy. Died of dysentery. <laughs> it would have just been another situation where they pushed the whole production schedule back a week, and then it's just like, oh, that's weird. How did he die a week ago? <laughs> um. Uh, and so the next scene is back at the foundation. It's weird that we're going back and forth to the foundation. Yeah. Like not like Pete's house or Nikki's apartment or something or like that. Or wherever MacGyver is. Yeah. Um. And Nikki is asking Pete how his visit went, and Pete's just like, ah, it didn't go well. Uh, you know, the, he's MacGyver's just totally not responsive to anything. Like, but he's trying to make it clear that, like, it was an accident, and like mm-hmm. keeps reminding her of that. And then Nikki starts insisting, you know, what who he'll probably open up to? Someone he hates. Not his friend of fifteen years, me. Um, why didn't they send Jack? Um, yeah. But uh, so Nikki volunteers to go talk to him. And Pete is giving her the information about where to go and how to get there in this weird kind of, like, voiceover. Yeah, like, he doesn't have an address for his own shack. He's like, mm-hmm. go to the general store, ask the guy where my cabin is. Yeah. Because I forget. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been there, except for earlier Earlier today. today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, why didn't he do- He obviously knows how to get there. Yeah. Ask someone else how to get to my cabin. <laughs> I don't have time to write it down. <laughs> I'm very busy, Nikki. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. This so, is how he gets there every time. <laughs> he has to go to the general store. Where do I live? <laughs> <laughs> I really shouldn't be driving in this condition. Which one of these cars is mine? Um, so, yeah, he tells her to talk to Ellard, who runs the store. Right. Named Ellard's store. Very clever. Yeah. Um. And Ellard is obviously a uh, a Dullard. gabber. What? Dullard. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say he's a gabber because right, he's yeah. always on the phone, and uh, he's talking Nikki's ear off about MacGyver and about Mike's death. And he's like, "Oh, she was such a professional. I don't know how this happened." It's like, "Oh, she's a botanist." Yeah, she's Ellard. a professional botanist. Uh, botanists. Botanists. I can see how that would be confusing. <laughs> botanist, mountain climber. <laughs> I can see how that could be confusing. Uh, when Nikki uh, tries to start her truck back up, though, it won't. 
Right. And uh, a gentleman sitting in the truck beside her says, why don't you pop your hood, ma'am? Uh, and uh, starts uh, tinkering around Weirdly with it. hiding his face. Did you notice that? Yeah, it was, it was very strange. His, one side of his face. Um, like it's some sort of a phantom of the opera. <laughs> she doesn't know who he is. Um, I guess just because of the bird. <laughs> she hasn't even encountered this character yet. <laughs> um, Ugh, stay away from my car, weird face. <laughs> <laughs> like he's very uh, insensitive to yeah. people with uh, scars. Um, but he immediately is able to fix the problem. Unclear whether or not he sabotaged of he it. caused it. Okay. okay. I, I think he had to have, yeah. But why? I guess just so we could have a conversation with her? Like, so we could find out where the cabin I was? I not that, thought that far ahead. Yeah, there's no reason that he would have sabotaged it other than to slyly introduce himself to the <laughs> audience. <laughs> there's no reason for that. Yeah, he didn't sabotage it. <laughs> why, why did he fix the car? Why don't he just go kill MacGyver? Now I have to kill two people. Um, although it may have been to figure out where the canyon, where the cabin was. But oh, he had to follow her there. I guess he couldn't just go to Ellard and be like, "Hey, I'm Nikki." <laughs> yeah, he's the master of disguise. It wouldn't be his first lady costume. <laughs> and I don't think Ellard's very picky. <laughs> you mean dressing up as Nancy Reagan? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> First... A lot of people don't realize that Murdoch was the first lady of these United States. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. If only Reagan knew. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, Nikki makes it to the cabin, and now there's only like two or three minutes that transpire between Nikki getting in the cabin and talking to MacGyver. Um, which is important for yeah. all the crazy setup that's going to be happening afterwards. Yeah, because after after he burned this message into the wall at MacGyver's house, mm-hmm. he took two Polaroids of it, right? Which he brought with him to the cabin. Yes. So now we we get to the cabin, and uh, Nikki realizes that MacGyver's hanging out on the docks mm-hmm. behind it, and so she just goes down to talk to him, and he's very disinterested in listening to her. Right. Um, but I think she's taking the right approach and just like pushing him harder than. He wants to be dealt with. Right, right. Because that's the only way you're going to get him to respond. That's the only way Jack gets him to do anything. It's mm-hmm. just like, get him out of his comfort zone, keep annoying the crap out of him until right. he finally unloads on you. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so she she keeps pushing the issue, and finally MacGyver says, okay, if, if you're staying, I'm leaving. Yeah. And, uh, and then she steals a line from Pete. Um, earlier in the episode, Pete yeah. says, the, the strange thing about running away is you always take yourself with you. And then she tries to pass it off as something she's trying to impart to him. And he's like, wow, that was like Pete-esque genius. <laughs> um, but as soon as they get to the door of the cabin, MacGyver notices something inside. Yeah, he's like strung up the two Polaroids that he took so that they're just hanging in the middle of the room. Yeah, well, but also pictures from the other two encounters. So the picture right, of the cab yeah. blown up yeah. from partners. Because he keeps one copy of the photograph each time. Yeah. And then uh, the other picture was from the truck exploding up at the at, at the, the end, end of the partners. episode. Yeah, when they were reunited ten years later. Right. Or was it ten? Maybe it wasn't that long. Yeah. Seven or something like that. Because Pete's only said he's only known him for eight years. Right. Yeah. So that had to been like seven. Or yeah, seven so. or eight. Um. So MacGyver sees the pictures and realizes that this must be Murdoch, but says it must be, it's impossible. But he's like, that's impossible. He's dead. Pete convinced me after I tried to convince Pete that there's no way he died. Yeah, exactly. Like there was time, MacGyver says that there was time he could have gotten out. Um, 
uh, but MacGyver apparently was convinced. Um, but that's when Murdoch <laughs> flamethrowers through a window. Yeah, he doesn't even like open a door or like hide somewhere in the apartment to attack him with a flamethrower. He's standing outside and mm-hmm. he's like, "All right, time to die," and he just flips on the flamethrower. Yeah. and points it at a door and just melts all the window out of the glass. Yeah, it was it was kind of a cool look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like he's burning up the inside and exterior of the cabin and uh nikki and macgyver are taking cover and they grab a mattress right which they use as a shield they push it up into to fill the door frame that the flames are coming in yeah and so but then murdoch goes into the cabin and continues to burn the cabin all around which, him. how quickly that the flame cut through the glass window yeah there's no way it wouldn't tear right through a mattress yeah but it didn't yeah thank goodness but then uh nikki and mac basically find another way out of the cabin um, and then for whatever reason, Murdoch moves into the cabin mm-hmm. and continues setting things on yeah, fire yeah. all around himself. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And, um, so while Nikki and MacGyver are running towards the cars, Murdoch continues to burn things. Yeah. Um, and he's still standing in the middle of it. Yeah. Like all these flames. It's like, it's like doesn't this happen to you enough They're going to come back any minute now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're still in here. I'm pretty sure I saw them leave, but it could have been other people. Um, so they get out to their cars and MacGyver's tires have been slashed. Right. So they're flat, right. which on a Jeep, I think you'd still be pretty safe to drive it. Um, so they said to get into Nikki's car and we get an insert shot before they get in of a bomb ticking down for a minute. Yeah. And it's like, which was odd because the timer was already going. Yeah. So this, no matter what, in a minute, this car would have been blown up. Yeah. But somehow he knew they would get in before it, um, or at least be around it. Yeah. And as soon as they get in and try to start the engine, the doors lock, and uh, the windshield wiper blade comes up with a flag that says, bye-bye, time to fry. Honestly, though, this guy set so many traps. If I came out of my house and there were two cars to choose from, and one of them had all flat tires and the other one had all pristine tires, yeah, I'm going to get get in the car with the flat tires. Like, obviously, yeah. the other one's trapped. Yeah, this this seemed, it was too too suspicious. Yeah. And, and also, though, if he had time to do so much, why not just bomb both cars? Yeah. Set a bomb in both cars for a minute. Instead um, of wasting your time mining the entire road. Yeah. Like, how long must that have taken? Not long. He just he, got into town, right? Not long. He, he had him, he had him pre, pre-strung. Yeah. Um, so MacGyver then hears the, the loud, audible, digital ticking of the bomb going beep, beep. Like every good bomb maker knows, it's important that... There's a first click to say yeah, hello. It's, it's kind of like a Geneva Convention thing. Yeah. You're, you're, you can make a, a hidden bomb, but it has to be audible. Yeah. Um, it's like the opposite. Like, it's like a concealed weapon law. Mm-hmm. It's like concealed explosives are illegal. <laughs> they have to be revealed partially. You can choose between sounds or smells. Yeah. This, this smells like dynamite. <laughs> um, so they, they get into the back of the, the kind of camper shell portion of this car and uh, MacGyver kicks out the side window. Right. Um, and uh, they only get a couple of feet away before the car explodes. And, it and it's definitely like... an actual explosion happening behind these two Yeah, actions. yeah, yeah. I mean, they probably use, like, the that lens compression. Yeah, to thing. make them look a lot closer to it. Yeah. But uh, but it looked good. And it, was, it looked like it was really them yeah. diving, at it, diving for cover. Yeah, definitely. Um, cool slow-mo shot. And uh, they try to – Nikki tries to run from where they are, but MacGyver stops her. Because that's when we find all the tripwires. Right. All For all the these road. landmines that he's put the whole way down the road. So they right. can't even take the other car. Yeah. Because the whole road is mined. Right. And they also can't walk through the woods around the mines, apparently. I think it actually would have been a lot more effective if he hadn't slashed the tires on either car. Yeah. Or bombed either car. 
Because they would have gotten in it and been less likely to see the tripwires and exactly. then run over mines. And then blown up. I think Murdoch just likes testing MacGyver. Yeah. Like, he knows that MacGyver will get out of all these situations. Yeah. Um, because he's so bad at his job. <laughs> and and, and we're, the weird thing is, when Murdoch hears the, the car blow up, he turns and smiles like, aha, uh, they triggered it. They're dead already. <laughs> but, but, but it was like, oh, wait, no, I said it. It would have gone off no matter what. Yeah. I set a timer. Yeah. Um, ah, good. It's two fourteen. <laughs> Are those my clocks? I hear. <laughs> um, back to the future references. Uh, uh, so uh, MacGyver then comes up with a plan to try to subdue the flamethrower, at least, because they know that they can't escape on foot with him burning everything in sight behind them. Yeah. Although it seems like it would slow Murdoch way down. Like if they just kept running. He wouldn't be able to keep up with the weight of all that fuel. Yeah, he's got a giant tank on his back. Um, so MacGyver takes like a his antenna off his car, and they rig the car battery to make like a little bit of a, a arc welder. Yeah. And as soon as Murdoch walks past them, he jabs it, which he's got some length because of the length of the antenna. He jabs it into the back of the uh, uh, fuel tank, which yeah. I guess lights something on the tank on fire. I'm not yeah. really sure how it worked. Um, but Murdoch screams like he's feeling like an electric jolt through it too. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Murdoch has just enough time to throw the tank away and get blown up partially by it. Like his back is on fire and he's like rolling in the dirt, trying to put himself out. Uh, so it was pretty intense. And so Nikki and MacGyver now are running towards the mountain. Right. And, uh, Murdoch, they're basically going to follow the same path that he and Mike took. Yeah, exactly. But Murdoch goes the other way. He, he steps over his minds, uh, off to another, in another direction. And, in the meantime, uh, MacGyver comes across a telephone pole. I guess the main line for the whole area, because he seems to know that this would go to the general store and, and go out. he's such out. a gabber that he's probably on the phone. Exactly. So he uh, makes a makeshift kind of climbing gear to shimmy up the, the pole. And we're kind of intercut between him and Murdoch. Murdoch getting to his car and getting more gear. And there's a bit of a redundancy in the... Uh, in the the action lines here i mean like the the dialogue kind of repeats itself in that macgyver says um oh well he's a navy man so he's definitely going to recognize an sos signal if i send mm -hmm. one out on the line and then we see him and he's like i hear an sos signal yeah don't tell me it's not an sos signal i served in the blah 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 yeah, it's yeah. like okay you could have just said it's an sos signal and started like writing information down yeah but apparently MacGyver had not only time to type SOS, but... But a whole message. Yeah, SOS, Widowmaker MacGyver, and I guess he was repeating that over and over again. And uh, and we we see partially the result of this call to Ellard, but it's never fulfilled, but we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, uh, so while MacGyver is consistently tapping the, the message, uh, Murdoch has had time to catch up to them with his rifle, and he's about to take aim and shoot at MacGyver, but MacGyver has, like, a little bit of a slip. Yeah. Which is just totally luck. Yeah. That he misses, which yeah. is kind of frustrating to me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, he didn't... It would have been better, like, had Nikki said, look out, or something. Yeah. Um, instead of instead just... Of just, oops, I messed up. Like, he Mr. Magoo did. He would have died in a second. Yeah. Um, it's like baby's day out. <laughs> and... <laughs> I prefer my Mr. Magoo reference. Thank you very much. Uh, no, it's all about Joe Montana and Baby Stay Out. Uh, so we're, we we fade to black on this Murdoch taking, getting ready to take aim again, and he does shoot again as soon as the, the episode starts again. Um, 
and uh, MacGyver is forced to slide down the pole, which I guess he, I, be, I guess Murdoch can only see the very top, tip top of the pole because he, he's not firing on him on the way down below. Yeah, and MacGyver is going down very, very slowly. slowly. <laughs> like he didn't just drop. Yeah. Um, and so they continue running, and we're cut back now to Pete arriving at Mac's boathouse. Right. And he sees that the window's been broken, and so he takes precaution entering the apart- uh, the house. And right. He's, like, looking all around and being quiet, and that's when he finds the R.I.P. MacGyver and the Polaroid that was left behind, um, which is odd. Yeah. That he left one at the scene when he already had it burned there. Yeah. Um, Here's a photograph of what's on that wall. Um, as proof that, uh, I, as proof, as proof, <laughs> proof that it was Murdoch, because Pete immediately calls the foundation, and Helen, who's his secretary, right, um, and says to call the DXS to let them know that Murdoch is still alive, which is yeah. kind of cool that they still talk to the DXS. Yeah, I mean, we got a little bit the of the DXS that. probably has the most extensive file on him. Yeah, and even though they were already Phoenix Foundation when Partners happened. Yeah, but when, but in Partners in the flashbacks. It was DXS. It was DXS. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we know that from friends that, uh, you know, uh, uh, Goodwin, Michael Goodwin, yeah. is still over a, there. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, DXS are the ones that were receiving the other, the second photograph of every crime that he committed. Right. For that, for the length of his killing spree. So, I guess he left it there for them, and or Pete, knowing yeah. that one of them would come and get it. Uh, and so that's when also Pete gets the information that Ellard had called and left a warning. Whether or not Helen acted on that information, we don't know. And Pete just says to get a chopper ready and he'll be there in 10 minutes to head out. But we never see him again. Like, we never see the result of him coming to MacGyver's rescue. Yeah. Which is a little odd. At this point, we're climbing the mountain now. We're actually going up the mountain with climbing equipment. Yeah, yeah, they... They they have to climb down to a ledge, which, I I don't know, this whole plan seems kind of weird. MacGyver says that there's a ledge down below that they can take cover at. It's like, well, I feel like any ledge would be fine. Why do you have yeah. to go further down? Yeah. Um, and also, why don't you just keep running, I guess? Yeah. Um, That's usually the best option. Anytime you stop, you run the risk of being found. Yeah. Um, but they decide to climb down. And so at first they're like kind of just like free climbing a step at a time. Yeah. Um, but as they get lower, they find the spot in which Mike fell from. Right. Yeah. And MacGyver's kind of going through some PTSD of the. He's having of, flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but luckily, all the ropes are still there because when we we didn't mention all it, of those perfect pristine ropes that yeah. can't support a hundred pound lady. Um, how they explained away MacGyver getting off the mountain was that a a helicopter rescue team had to come get him right and i guess they just either lowered a rope and came down tied him up and left and left all the equipment and stuff there i feel like they had to do more than that or else her body is still out there yeah exactly i mean but that's how they explained it yeah yeah yeah. Um, i feel like just for the sake of like closure on the part of the family that they would have come and collected some of this material to prove that it wasn't murder yeah, exactly. MacGyver would have had been asking, answering a lot of questions. Yeah, there's just messages on Mike's machine from her sister, like, "So how'd it go? Did you propose to him finally?" <laughs> because that that broken strap is evidence. That like, is, oh, the, she died that day. <laughs> that is the key evidence that they need to prove MacGyver's innocent. Yeah, 
Like that that it wasn't not that, that anyone's calling for his head or, or yeah, but for, for whatever reason nobody thinks that that's possible that that something ter- like some terrible fight could have broken out between the two of them yeah. when he turned down her her uh, offering. I mean, it just it's just just so they understand what happened. Yeah, yeah. To explain the death. Yeah. But anyway, all that stuff is still here, including, like, the chalk. Yeah, the chalk bag, which yeah. is weird that she didn't take it up with her. Maybe that's why she fell. Uh. Um, ooh, wow. Actually, I just thought of that just now. That's probably one of the reasons she had a hard time holding on to the rocks. Because she washed all the chalk off her hands so she could eat. Because mm-hmm. she doesn't like to taste the chalk. Right. Because we, we learn early in this episode, Mike is one of those weird people that doesn't like to taste the chalk. Yeah, um, I love Necco wafers, so... <laughs> no, I hate I've Neko. just been eating nothing but Tums all day, so... <laughs> Big fan of chalk. I I oh, I I hate Necco wafers so much. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a Necco wafer. Well, you ever had like the candy hearts at Valentine's Day? Same same kind of material. Never heard of them. All right, fair enough. <laughs> I like those hearts. You don't like those hearts? <laughs> no, they're ter- they taste terrible. They're great for uh for heart, heartburn. <laughs> That's why they're shaped like hearts. <laughs> Gross. Um <laughs> be mine. Uh uh, so the, they're using now the broken equipment to climb yeah, down the mountain. Yeah, the stuff that failed a hundred pound test. They're using that to climb the rest of the mountain. Yeah, um, and they get down to one section of the the lower ledge, and that's when Nikki and Mac have a moment to look at the the stuff that's there. Mac has her chalk bag. Yeah. Um, and that's when they look at the strap and see that the strap had frayed completely. Yeah, completely broken. And so maybe that it, it wasn't totally MacGyver's fault. Just, uh, like, <laughs> what what indication did he have that it was in any way his fault beforehand? Just, other than he had said no and she fell off the mountain. Yeah, I mean... If, like, he saw that strap break. He already knew about that. That wasn't news to him. I, I feel that it was news, though. I feel like... He that, was looking right at her when it happened. I, I don't know how to explain it. I feel like... They're playing it off as though he had no idea that he didn't push her off the mountain. I don't think that extreme, but I feel that... That he felt he was responsible for her being distracted. Like, in his mind, she climbed up an extra 20 feet and then just said, falling, and jumped <laughs> off the mountain. <laughs> That's how most suicides happen, Pat. <laughs> falling. <laughs> I don't think so. I think that's incorrect. I think you should check your figures again. <laughs> the number one that said thing is Geronimo. Right. Um, I'm sorry, I don't mean to make light of suicide. So, and or Native Americans. Um, so as they're on the ledge, uh, talking it out and getting ready to make another climb down, Murdoch swings in yeah, from, just from out of nowhere. nowhere. Like, cause it doesn't even make sense. Like he must've just climbed the other side of the mountain and then jumped down from the thing above them. Yeah. And then swung back at them. Cause he just swings But he's just in, like, ha And he's got a gun and he goes, mind if I yeah. drop in? Yeah, the editing is so great here because he's got a gun and he's comes up and as soon as he gets to the cliff face, Nicky just kicks the gun out of his kicks hand. He's like, gun. duh, <laughs> And then he swings away. Yeah. And then as he's swinging back, he pulls out his knife. Yeah. And then he comes back to fight and he gets like one swing at MacGyver. Yeah. MacGyver grabs the rope that he's hanging from and holds it in front of him horizontally. Oh, no, hold on. There's a lot more that happens. It just seemed very quick. Yeah, what it's, else it's very quick. Uh, uh, I do want to mention... Oh, Nick- the, the kick in the head, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Nikki has this really weird line read, which I just kept rewinding. Yeah. <laughs> because as soon as she kicks the gun away, you c- it cut- cuts away from her, but you hear her going, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> like, she acted. Why is she, like, yelling no, like, oh, my God, I, I, there's no way I can help. You've yeah. already helped a lot. Yeah. 
Um, but that's when he swings out and comes back with a knife. He slices MacGyver across the uh, shoulder. The shoulder, right. And, um, the, and uh, it's like a down jacket. <laughs> his chicken suit armor yeah. is revealed. <laughs> <laughs> he finally took our advice from last week. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> Unveiling the chicken armor. And, and, and then he swings back and kicks him. And that's when MacGyver throws... And he kicks Nikki off the ledge. Right, so and Nikki's, she barely grabs on with her hands. Yeah, so Nikki's dangling. So in order to buy some time, MacGyver throws the chalk bag into Murdoch's face. Right. And Murdoch just keeps swinging out like a pendulum. Yeah. Like, the, the whole gravity even though, of the like, situation. As, as soon as he gets back, he should be hanging straight down. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> like He the, should have to kick off really hard to get that far away from uh-huh. him. Uh-huh. Uh... And so MacGyver's trying to help Nikki up, but then Murdoch swings back, and that's when he kicks him in the head. Yeah, and, and it's a great kick. It looks oh, awesome. Man. He's like, he just barely grabbed onto Nikki's hands, and he's like, don't worry, I got you. And then he gets kicked right in the face, <laughs> like a hard swinging kick. And so now Murdoch is on the ledge. Right. And he's like, now like the rope is, is loose, because he's standing on his own two feet. Yeah. And so he's got he's wielding the knife, and that's when MacGyver grabs his support line, and holds it in front of him as it. if to block the yeah. slice. And but the knife is so sharp that it slices through through the line, but then for some reason He just he falls. falls. Yeah. He it's not like MacGyver pushed him, but yeah. it's also not like he was being pulled back out by anything. Exactly. He just suddenly lost his balance mm-hmm. and then fell off this cliff. And you just hear the classic MacGyver, MacGyver the whole way down. Um Well you don't see it the whole way down. No, yeah, exactly. Don't yeah. see it you the whole see way down. You start to fall. You don't see the moment where he pulls the chute. Yeah, presumably. We'll get into that. He has a parachute but... hidden in his facial scar. <laughs> it just balloons out. Like uh, the assassin. Right. Just like peeling away things. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's it's a fake scar covering an entire backup chute. <laughs> it's really, face. he really just has a huge gaping hole in his <laughs> right, side yeah. of his head. He's like two face. Um, so MacGyver helps Nikki up and, uh, they both are able to sit there and take a breath. And MacGyver is kind of like smiling again, realizing that his friend is dead. Yeah. His friend is dead and he, he killed a man, <laughs> but at least now they're safe. Yeah. And, so we get what we what we generally call the Act Five moment of yeah. like summing up what's happening in the But episode. instead of it being a scene change Act Five, they're still on the mountain. They're still on the mountain. And we don't know what happened to Pete. We don't know what happened to Murdoch. Yeah. We don't know if anyone's coming to rescue him. We don't know they don't know about the mines. They don't know about the mines. Yeah. And Max all oh, it's gonna take them a couple hours to demine that road. They don't know that they're there. They're the first person who goes through there is going to get Hopefully blown they'll find it. up. <laughs> Hopefully they find out about those mines, and then it'll take them a few hours to clean up Pete's remains, <laughs> yeah. and then start demining the road. It's just like car after car keeps coming in and blowing up. Like, okay, there can't be any more mines. As we've been discussing this episode, I've developed a theory about Murdoch. Okay. Cyborg. I think. No, I think he's a human being, and like any human being, he has a weakness, and his weakness is for this woman who works at this rehab clinic. And she has to reteach him to walk every, every time. couple years, and uh, and he's just so obsessed with her that he's like, I need to come back here. He's mm-hmm. like one of those criminals where the day they get out of jail, they go and commit another crime. Right, right. So every time he's he's finished his re- he's completely recovered from his injuries, he's like, I'm gonna go try and kill MacGyver so that I can end up back here to see Gina again. Because the only person <laughs> who can stop him is MacGyver. Right. 
Like he's the only person who trusts him to injure him sufficiently <laughs> that he, he that he needs to be complete like in a medically induced coma for a while, right, right. so that she'll fall back in love with him and then teach him to walk. At this point, he's learned how to walk probably four times. <laughs> and he's gonna, and now he just fell off a cliff. So yep. that should it's gonna, should it's gonna keep be a him nice in. long visit. It's a pretty crazy theory, Pat, but I love also, it. Also, now that they're in Canada. Better Universal health care. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think we've we've figured it out. I think we've cracked that nut. Yep. Well, the reason that we're going on this tangent is because this scene gives us nothing. Yeah. Like, there's nothing to talk about. They're still on the mountain, and they're just talking about climbing back up. Yeah. And it gives us no information. It's like they came back and they were like, you know what? There's, uh, there's still probably four minutes in the broadcast. Can you guys just kind of improvise a scene about being here yeah being on the mountain just climb up to talk about it what are we gonna what are we gonna say it doesn't matter just you just, know you talk about what you have to do now yeah but the story's over we pushed the guy off a cliff right he fell macgyver yeah good luck proving that in court by the way macgyver oh yeah no a second person in two days <laughs> fell off of the same place or two weeks we found we found uh your your handprints on this rope so uh the good news is that we just recovered um the body of mike uh, from yeah. the ravine. Uh, the weird news, <laughs> there's a second body uh, at the ravine. But luckily, Mike Mike uh, is the only body yeah. down there because Murdoch is nowhere to be found, I'm sure. He had a photograph on him that said, Rest in peace, MacGyver. What do you, what do you make of that? Yeah. <laughs> um, Sounds like a harmless accident. <laughs> MacGyver, the mountaineering murderer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you you had suggested that perhaps if she had intended to propose to MacGyver on this mountain that she should have picked the spouse maker, <laughs> not the woodworker, which is a which is a great argument. I think I think that would have made a lot more sense. Yeah. Oh. Any Murdoch episode I love. Yep. And so I love this episode. Because... Yeah, almost any Jack or Murdoch episode I'm 100 percent on board yeah. for. Yeah. Uh, it it had a lot of good stuff, some good good, good special effects, a little lack of resolution. Yeah. But um, you know, I'll I'll take it, I guess. Um, so often some of those resolutions seem forced. Yeah, yeah. But this is a, an incident, a, a time where I feel like you needed it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, okay. And that last fight with Murdoch on the mountain is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cause um, has he? Yeah, because this is the first time he's actually gotten into it with Murdoch. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, all the other times, like, Murdoch's just kind of like, oh, there's a bomb, and you're going to die at some point. Yeah. But this is the first, like, hand-to-hand combat between the two of them. Exactly. It was his, uh, his, oh, I guess he kind of wrestled him away from Jack in the hospital in Partners. That's true. That's true. But then he just ran away. Yeah. And ran into a building and got blown up. Right. Uh, Typical Joker. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's a good episode. Yeah. Um, I think that's about it for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any thoughts you'd like to share, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast, or you can find us on our website, phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Uh, tune in next week. We're going to be covering Season 3, Episode 9. Hell Week. Is Hell Week next? It's Hell Week. Oh, oh. man, that's awesome. That's a great <laughs> episode. All right, cool. It's Hell Week. Hell Week coming up. That's a good one. Uh, I think we're going to have the return of our uh, the Russian dissident yeah, from, yeah, uh, yeah. prisoner of conscience. So that's good. Uh, yeah, and thank you for listening. Thanks. Thanks.